Hey guys, <clears throat> welcome back to episode 11 of Defining Truth. Hot off the press, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Lots going on. Trump indicted for the 200th time. Probably not going to go anywhere, but they're doing it anyways. Uh, Tyrant Newsom in California wants to redo the U.S. Constitution because guns get in his way of uh, his uh, regime goals. And um, last but not least, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. Of course, we covered this extensively in a previous episode called Corruption or Treason in the House, Part 1 and Part 2. If you haven't listened to that, please do. It's on YouTube and our Instagram page at Defining Truth. It's all about the Biden crime family, but bombshell news this week, uh, the confidential informant telling the oversight committee that they gave evidence to the FBI about Biden being paid millions of dollars uh, in June of 2020. More on that in a second. Uh, Brandon Jones, I'm going to kick off our first segment there. We're going to talk about the uh, informant that was accused or that has accused, rather, President Biden of having been involved in an international bribery scheme. Mm. According to the House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer and uh, Senator Chuck, Chuck Grassley, they were approached by an informant last month alleging that the FBI was in possession of a document, an FD-1023 form dated June 30th, 2020, which explicitly detailed information provided by a confidential human source alleging Biden, while serving as vice president, was involved in a $5 million criminal bribery scheme with a foreign national in exchange for influence over public uh, policy decisions. Wow. The big guy for $5 million. Yeah, so um, if you're not familiar with this story, let me just uh, clean this up here. There's a confidential source. Okay, this is a person with access to someone in the U.S. oil sector. This confidential source, man or woman, told the FBI in June of 2020 that a Burisma executive, remember Burisma is the Ukrainian energy firm, needed access to U.S. oil, so they wanted to meet with this person, the source. They were seeking advice from this unknown source. Um, during the conversation, the source asked the Burisma executive, why do you need me, Hunter Biden's, on your board at Burisma? Fair, fair enough. To which the Burisma executive responded, stating that Hunter Biden was, quote, dumb. That's what he put in the document. Which is pretty funny. Pretty true. Pretty funny. Dumb and cracked out, probably, at that time. So they have this conversation, right? The Ukrainian energy guy meets with this confidential source. We don't know who they are. And during the conversation, the Burisma executive explains this pay-to-play scheme where each Joe Biden and Hunter were paid millions of dollars to, quote, solve issues for them, at least uh, at least of which was the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor, who we talked about a lot, who was investigating Burisma themselves. So just to be clear here, guys, this is the soon-to-be president of the United States receiving millions in an uh, international bribery scheme to basically do things for foreign nationals. Well, and currently, he, he was doing it as vice president, too. Right. Uh, let alone, yeah, future president. Yeah, yeah, during that time. Of course, we all remember the now infamous audio of Joe Biden 
threatening to withhold a billion dollars from Ukraine in aid unless they fired the prosecutor that was looking into corruption in Ukraine. And that prosecutor was uh, also looking into who? Burisma, where old Hunter Biden was a board member. So just, just to break it down, so the informant, obviously a man or woman, must have direct access to significant influencers in the U.S. oil sector, I'm assuming, went to the FBI June 2020, told him about, hey, I have evidence of corruption against Joe Biden and Hunter. Uh, the soon-to-be president was actually being paid millions of dollars by foreign entities to influence U.S. geopolitics, a.k.a. international bribery. And what did the FBI do with this bombshell news? Did they immediately notify the proper entities and inform the American people their soon-to-be president was com- compromised by foreign governments? Did no. they act to protect the homeland from corruption? Did they move to stop the Bidens from compromising U.S. national security? Nope. They concealed the evidence. Cover up. The FBI took that information and didn't tell anyone. So now, 2023, just last month, the informant themselves had to approach members of the House Oversight Committee and tell them, hey, the FBI has evidence of Biden committing international crimes and compromising and disgracing the office of the president. And he said, I gave it to him back in June of 2020. You guys haven't heard about that? The committee presumably did not know about it and immediately requested the FBI to produce the evidence to which the FBI said, wait for it, they said no. Which is why they're now considering holding, uh, what's his name, in contempt of Congress. This is a disgraceful situation. It's not new, right? In fact, the FBI themselves are being investigated right now for corruption, for being weaponized against political opponents and dissidents, typical leftist fashion. And if you look at the time frame here, it's pretty clear what happened, right? The FBI and I'm, I'm, you know, and other government entities, which we know of now, and agencies, are so corrupted and blinded by this wave of leftism that has poisoned America that they think it's their duty not to follow the law or to protect the American people, but to attack their political opponents, to lie to the American people. This is a big one, right? I mean, this it's big news when you hear of like a dirty judge or a corrupt district attorney, right? You're talking immediate um, news story, sentencing. Someone's going to go to jail, right? This, is a, this isn't a dirty cop. This is a dirty president. The president of the most powerful nation in the world. And, and our nation's, you know, supposedly premier law enforcement entity is covering up evidence of a crime, why? What's my opinion? Because they hate Donald Trump. This is how far they've gone, right? We're going to get into it in a second. I mean, how many investigations after investigation, after indictment, after indictment, after impeachment? And, and, and how many indictments do we see for what we actually have evidence for? Hillary Clinton? Zero. How many emails did she bleach? How much evidence did she destroy? We may never know. Zero indictments. Joe Biden, we have clear evidence of him being paid millions of dollars via this pay-to-pay, pay-to-play scheme uh, with Hunter Biden. How many indictments? Zero. Even now, and I don't want to jump to it yet, in segment three, we're going to talk about Trump's, um, 
you know, latest. And now they're indicting him for, you know, these classified documents that, that belong to him as president. Just, just a, uh, you know, a couple months ago, Joe Biden's like, I, I have classified documents in the back of my Corvette in a garage. How many indictments? Zero. The only person they go after seemingly is the person that threatens their political power. That is corruption by definition. Someone needs to go to jail over this. Someone at the FBI needs to go to jail. Someone who knew that the soon-to-be president was involved in a deeply compromising uh, criminal organization with members of a foreign country who covered that up, that person needs to go to jail because you're, you're a willing participant. This, I mean, from, from just from my experience in federal investigations, this has all the makings of a conspiracy, right? Where, where two or more come together in agreements and they commit an act in furtherance of that crime, this is not that difficult to put together. And here you have members of the intelligence community, you have members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Department of Justice, you have cabinet-level people, all people colluding because they hate this guy, Donald Trump, so much that they are willing to throw their own country under the bus. This is just the beginning. If Joe Biden was being paid by a Ukrainian company to influence decisions that he makes in office, now skip forward to 2023. How, many, how much money have we spent in Ukraine during this conflict? Billions. Billions. And it's not just Ukraine. If you remember in, past, in, in the past episode, Treason in the House, when we covered uh, the information that was discovered on Hunter Biden's laptop, right, which he left at a repair shop. So maybe Burisma was right. He's pretty dumb. It had evidence of them getting millions of dollars from Chinese firms as well. Are we just like the world's clown? We, we, are, a, we are the laughingstock of, of planet Earth right now. And the Democrats have assisted them in making this happen every step of the way. All of their hatred and arrogance aimed at Donald Trump because they don't like that he dares to oppose what they're trying to do has caused them to, to, to turn a blind eye to real corruption and crimes that are endangering Homeland Security and the status, the status of America on a, on a world stage. Well, yeah, and I think it's worth noting, too, that uh, in addition to these most recent indictments, they tried to impeach Donald Trump over this Russia-Ukrainian collusion. Uh, and now there's clear evidence that the Bidens have done the same thing and zero indictments. Yeah, and I think there's there's a little more to that too. You're right. That's a good point. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait though till we get down to the last segment because there's there's something really interesting about the timing of that. Right now, knowing this, now that we know that the FBI had evidence uh, that Joe Biden was actually being bribed by a foreign country, right around that same exact time, they tried to go after Trump and say that he was wanting the Ukrainians to basically divulge evidence about what Biden was doing. Like, how did Trump know that? But he knew. He knew Joe Biden was dirty. And the very same FBI, who had evidence that he was, tried to shut him up. They tried to stop Trump from saying what he was saying. Oh, don't say that. You know, we're going to investigate you. And, and now that we know that they have that information, that's just straight dirty, man. They are corrupt through and through. Very, very embarrassing. It's very embarrassing for me uh, coming from a law enforcement background. It's more embarrassing as an American. It's just so sad that we have allowed Democrats to go so far left in their Marxist anti-American behavior that they're now basically committing treason and crimes against the United States. And they have the full support of an entire political party here in the United States.
pretty gross. Well, it's going to lead to Donald Trump <clears throat> getting elected again, I'm sure. So, Man. All right. So we're going to circle back to that. That's, that's big news. We have yet to see what is going to happen. I hear that uh, they're going to bring Stephen Ray in to testify before Congress. And if he doesn't produce the documents, uh, they're going to hold him in contempt. I, I don't know what all that's going to do. But uh, we'll see what happens. So, anyways. Let's move into uh, <clears throat> the country's worst governor. Ugh. Maybe the planet's worst, one of the planet's worst political leaders, Gavin Newsom, who wants to create a 28th Amendment for guns in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom is seeking an amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would restrict gun ownership. Uh, daunting response to the deadliest, what he says, the deadliest wave of mass shootings in U.S. history that would nonetheless position California as the most aggressive state in the union on gun control. Newsom outlined in his plan Thursday to pursue the amendment, seated with cash left over from his landslide 2022 re-election fueled by frustration over the country's failure to adopt, restriction, uh, to adopt restrictions that polls show most Americans broadly support and that a conservative Supreme Court that has rolled back gun laws. The Democrat, Democratic governor's proposal would raise the federal minimum age to buy a firearm uh, to 21 from 18, where it's currently at. It would mandate universal background checks and institute a, quote, reasonable, unquote, waiting period for all gun purchases and ban assault rifles nationally. The good thing is, for Californians, most of this we already have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But this is going to be new for most of the country. This is, though, quite an unprecedented approach. And he says it in his own words, right? He's like, well, clearly all of our scheming to usurp the authority of the U.S. Constitution isn't working. So let's just let's just go after the Constitution. And we've been saying this for a long time, right, that they would eventually do this uh, pretty soon. You'll, you'll see them do the same with the First Amendment, right? Because when they can't stop their political opponents from speaking truth, they'll just make it illegal to disagree with them and they'll have to go after the first amendment. Same thing with this, right? They, they obviously have a plan to seize more and more power in this country. He could care less about people's safety. If that were true, then he would put criminals in jail in California. He doesn't give a rip about victims or families or criminals. Do you know the number one killer uh, of young people in, in the United States is, is currently fentanyl and he doesn't seem to care much about that, Right. We have, uh, as we often have said, the world's most dangerous narco cartels just across the southern border. He doesn't care about that. Um, crimes are continually, or criminals are continually let out of jail, uh, and they go on to kill people. He doesn't care about safety in the least. I mean, just just look, dare to go to Los Angeles, where even even the government of Los Angeles is telling people, don't come visit, don't wear jewelry. This is America, right? This isn't like some third world uh, crime ridden place. I mean, this is LA and you can't go there because it's so bad. This guy wants to lecture us on safety. Um, it is a harbinger of things to come. This is very, very dangerous. Anytime, anytime you see somebody looking to disarm the American people, you, you, it should immediately raise a red flag. Now, I know the detractors are going to be like, oh, well, it's just a little piece of it. It's not all the way. Well, that's, that's how you lose, right? I mean, that's the, the, the age-old Soviet tactic, right? Two steps forward, one step back. 
We don't give him nothing. We should never give a guy like this any amount of control or leeway to disarm the American people. I wanted to note uh, on that regard that um, you know Hitler did the same thing, right? In, in the 1930s, he took guns away from Germany. In fact, he did that in every country he conquered after that, uh, especially in, in, in uh, places that he you know really disfavored. Um, his henchman, Heinrich Himmler, famously said, ordinary citizens don't need guns, as having guns doesn't serve the state. Sounds just like Gavin Newsom. Uh, in his book, How the Nazis Used Gun Control, Stephen Hallbrook explained how in 1933, the socialist extremists led by Adolf Hitler seized power and used gun registration records, also known as gun control measures, to, quote, identify disarm and attack political opponents. I mean, if this isn't, you know, if, if you can't see the correlation between uh, Hitler and what Newsom is doing disarming people, and it's not just Hitler, it was Mao, it was every other tyrannical government throughout history uh, sought to prevent their people from uh, the ability to defend themselves. I mean, let's be clear, right? Here in the United States of America, the Second Amendment was a purposeful uh, effort by the Founding Fathers. It was not a mistake. It has nothing to do with hunting. The only reason the Second Amendment exists is to ensure that people could resist the tyranny of a future government that might threaten them. That's it. It's for the government. That's what the Second Amendment is about. So when the government is coming to you saying, we want to we wanna limit your ability to exercise your right to arm yourself, right? That, hello, that's a big warning. Newsom's gun control is really in its most basic function. It's just control. That's what it is. He wants to control people. He doesn't care about kids. That's obvious by his actions, right? Actions speak louder than words. California is plummeting. When it comes to crime, homelessness, transience, drug use, overdose. So don't lecture me on how much you care about people. The guy, by the way, who drives around and everywhere he goes has armed guards that protect him. Why does he need those? We should start by getting rid of those. That would be my suggestion for him. Newsom is literally the last tyrannical extreme leftist that you would ever want to cede more control to. What I don't understand about this is why he thinks that creating an amendment to the Constitution is the path to go to achieve this because there's only ever been 27 amendments in our nation's history to the Constitution, the first 10 of which were ratified together. And it's not easy to, I mean, clearly there's only been 27. It's not easy to to create an amendment, right? It takes two-thirds vote of both houses of Congress or if two-thirds of the states request one by a convention, you know, yeah, they need a convention. They would need, um, and then and then three fourths of the states have to approve it. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I think even he knows that though. In his uh, in his uh, petulant announcement video, he put it out on Twitter and some other mediums where he's talking about how much he hates Christians and everything. He he um, he he openly said, I don't know if it was in the video he said it or or underneath, but uh, basically that he knows it's not going to work. But he's like, well, what else can we do? We, you know, we have to go after the evil uh, Americans. So we have to start by trying to take their guns. So he's he's even said like he doesn't think it's going to work, but it's an effort that he wants to start. And now he's going to launch this 
You know, it's another national campaign, like exactly. what he did in Texas and in Florida. It, it's it's ramping up to, I think, an inevitable uh, presidential run for him. Yeah, and that's that's all it is. I, I think he knows that you know that that would backfire. It's not going to work. He's not going to get the amount of states necessary, but sufficient to say that he's putting out there that he's the guy that believes that. Right? He's clearly against the Constitution of the United States, in my opinion, especially from. You know, my my years and years of public service, I served in the military and in the government many years. I took my oath of office very seriously. We swore to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. So when I hear guys like Newsom trying to dismantle or attack the Constitution, it's literally the antithesis of every sworn public servant in this nation. I mean, this guy is is gross, you know. I want to note before we move on to segment three, because enough about this, this guy. I do want to note, though, Newsom has a particular problem with Christians. And and you may be wondering, what does that have to do with this? Well, you know, we have, um, I know we've mentioned this before, but, you know, we have our book coming out, Defining Truth. It's a culture war um, hitting book. One of the chapters is titled Self-Defense. And in that chapter, I really explored into the origins of the Second Amendment and and why, really, the, the concept of self-defense is rooted in the Christian Judaic belief in the value of life. Right. The reason that we have a free society and this experiment we call the American Republic is because the founders believed in the individual value of every human life. And um, that was very different than every other nation before them. So you see a kind of a close connection. Right. Just like uh, Winston Churchill said that Christian Judaic values and Western civilization were inexorable. They were one and the same because one leads to another. I think Newsom knows that, right? He knows that Christian ideals and values, a.k.a. American values, get in the way of the quote-unquote progress that he wants to see, right? It's, it prevents you from fulfilling Marxism and communism and all these evil ideologies because of the value we place in individual beings instead of deifying the government. You know, just think just recently, right? Like during, uh, during COVID times, he tried to prosecute churches for staying open. He tried to shut them down. He tried to prevent Christians from worshiping uh, all during his tyrannical COVID regime time. Yeah, all the while, while he was dining at the yeah, winery. <laughs> all the while, no, he let strip clubs stay open, yeah. right? And his personal winery restaurant thing. The hypocrisy is just gross. I mean, spiritually speaking, he clearly has set his mind against his mind and heart against God. He's debased his moral compass to a point of just non-existence. Um, just this, this week, along those terms of talking about moral decrepitude, the California Assembly invited that notorious anti-Christian transgender stripper group, the Sisters of Perpetual Garbage. You mean the Brothers of Perpetual Garbage. The Brothers, to the state capitol to, quote-unquote, honor them in a ceremony. Uh, the guy that they brought in, by the way, uh, he goes by Sister Roma. The guy's name is actually Mike Williams, Michael Williams. He's been a member of the drag group since 1987. He's an activist and a gay porn filmmaker. This is who we're honoring in the state capitol. Um, by, we, none other, by, by none other than Scott Weiner himself. We, we, we covered this, you know, this group in the last episode. It's, it's, uh, they're, they're a group that desecrates and offends Christians, and they conduct sexually explicit striptease performances dressed as and acting like Jesus and other biblical figures. It's, it's, it's really gross. It's beyond disgusting, hard to watch. And all of this is supported and encouraged by Democrats, including Newsom. He's a big fan of the transgender shows. And 
the honor ceremony specifically, as your boy there, uh, was uh, put on by Scott Weiner. Go figure. But hey, our uh, our friend Bill Asaley walked out in protest. So good on him for yeah, good taking on Bill. a stand. And also his statements were were really on point. Yeah, he made a good point. Um, uh, well, you have to watch that. It's it's all over social media. I think we posted it too. But you should you should go look up Bill Asaley's statements um, as well as uh, uh, James Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really gross. There there's a there's a deep connection, you know, and, and this will only increase as time goes on, right? Because clearly, um, those who uphold Christian Judaic values, basically Western civilization, have always stood in opposition to the goals of leftist and Marxist, and um, you know, up till now, America was that beacon of Christian Judeo values. We were Western civilization, and now we've allowed our enemy to fully infiltrate our own country, and they're doing it from the inside out. All of this stuff ties back to leftist politics, right? I mean, the reason why the FBI would cover up evidence against Joe Biden is because they're leftist, right? The reason they, they hate Trump is because they're leftists. The reason they've been weaponized against conservatives, because they're leftists. It, leftism poisons and rots everybody's mind that adheres to that perspective, because they're, by definition, they're, they're, they're not realist. They're anti-truthers, right? They don't want to know the truth of the world around them. They want to live in fantasy la-la land. And um, that always leads to death. And that's what history has shown us. Anyways, let's, let's go to segment three before we wrap this up. This is a big one. The Trump indictment, number 7,526. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And another federal indictment was unsealed on Friday uh, with charges which charges former President Donald Trump with 37 felony counts stemming from an investigation into the presence of a trove of classified information at his Florida estate, also known as Mar-a-Lago, and other locations <laughs> after he left office. Prosecutors led by special counsel Jack Smith alleged that Trump arranged to remove a massive collection of highly sensitive, highly sensitive classified material, much of which consists of intelligence about the defense and weapons capabilities of the United States and foreign countries to his private residence as he left the White House in January of 2021. And as the Justice Department began inquiring about the record stash at Trump's home, the indictment alleges Trump ordered an aide, Walt uh, Nata, uh, to begin moving boxes with classified records to obscure them from investigators. And Trump did this without informing his attorney, who was preparing to search Trump's property in compliance with the court-authorized subpoenas to recover the records. Yeah, so to be clear, you know, underneath all the ooh, ah, classified, I mean, so first of all, this is very normal. Every president of the United States ever takes classified documents home. Uh, you know, earlier I joked about crazy Joe Biden. He was like, I have my documents hidden in the Corvette trunk in the garage, you know, like he has them. Bush turns some in. Obama has hundreds of boxes. So, you know, maybe the general public doesn't quite understand. That's a pretty normal thing. The office of the president has the ability to classify and declassify anything he wants, right? So intent is important when you talk about crimes. It's like, well, what's the intent, right? Um, this is just another example of weaponized Department of Justice that's selectively deciding to charge one thing and not another. Right? I, how many indictments do you see against Joe Biden? We have real evidence of him compromising the people of the United States, receiving bribe money, and they, they concealed it. Zero evidence. So why do they keep going after Trump? I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. They're scared of him being the president again. Because I think if Trump is elected, people are going to go to jail. 
You don't think he's going to take a look at the FBI and how filthy dirty they've been? All the corrupt behavior, the lies, the cover-ups, the targeting of political dissidents. If Trump gets elected, uh, a lot of that's going to come out, right? Because they are squirming to stop him. I mean, they have tried literally everything. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, you know what's funny, too? I'm just thinking on a... When I ran investigations, I would always, I was very timeline oriented, right? And that's also how you prepare documents and present it. Chronology is very important because it shows uh, step by step and it helps show intent as well. What really stood out to me about this, I think it's interesting, is that these are new charges, right? These are not the charges that they went into his house for, that big political stunt they pulled, because what they're alleging now is that someone moved boxes when they were on the way. So they didn't know that. That wasn't the reason they went there. So they just keep stacking, right? This is this is, um, this is not unheard of, but w- this is very much like when you write a warrant for you know an electronic device, and while you're in there, then you find something else, and, and then the, the judge will basically make you write a new warrant because that wasn't within the scope of what you wanted to seize, so you have to restart everything. I mean, they just can't let it go you know they, well it sounds like what happened was when when they originally raided his home they didn't find anything right and so now like you said they're trying to they're trying to make stuff up what what amazes me is that there's formerly unclassified documents in presidential libraries across the nation i mean like you said this is not uncommon and you and i have talked about before that it is uh what did you say? It's much easier to classify a document than it is to unclassify a document. You were talking about your experience in the federal government. Yeah, anybody can classify a document. I, I used to be able to send an email and just classify the content. It's not yeah. that hard. But yeah. declassifying it is a whole process. But when you're the president of the United States, you can declassify whatever you want. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, think for for Trump, knowing, knowing Trump's personality... These most of these documents, if not all of them, have to be more about uh, having mementos and and kind of like trophies from when he was president, as opposed to like I know selling the defense and weapons capabilities. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> a good point. They're they're trying they're still trying to go after the he's working with the Russians. He hates America. It's like yeah. guys, come on, bro. I mean, of all people that to say that this guy doesn't like America, you're barking up the wrong tree. He laid the smackdown to the entire world while he was president. Nobody moved an inch. While he was president. No, I, it's, it's, it's funny. The irony is it's, it's the exact opposite. He loves his country yeah. and they don't. They hate America, right? And they're spending billions of dollars trying to convince every American citizen to hate themselves as well. They want to divide us. They want you to be uh, all focused on racism. Everybody's, you notice how none of this was around if you go back 15, 20 years? Like, nobody we, was knocking down Bush's door for. No. <laughs> Unsealed documents. Think about, look, Robert Mueller, right, went after Trump's campaign after Hillary's email had been hacked. And he said, oh, Trump benefited it from because the Russians hacked her email. So then, again, you see a pattern here. Someone commits a real crime, they go after Trump. They finish the investigation, zero crime. The original person is never indicted, right? Hillary got rid of destroyed evidence. Obviously, she panicked, right? She bleached those emails. She got rid of... <laughs> thousands of emails that she was so worried about she had to pay this high-end service to come in and like legitimately delete it forever because no one could ever see what she had you have a real potential crime there zero indictment someone sneezes over at the trump campaign they're like indict him 
That failed, ended up in zero. They found absolutely zero, right? Russia collusion, millions of dollars invested. Zero collusion. And what's worse is that that whole investigation came from the Steele dossier, which was a lie. The FBI found out it was all paid for and given to the informant by Hillary Clinton. She gave it to him. She, it's, it's, I know it's, it's she kind of so funny, mad but like, she's not president. I she's know. So mad. But did she get indicted? No. Zero indictment. Then the House impeached Trump in 2020 when he tried to delay U.S. military support for Ukraine. Remember that? In a bid to pressure what that country, uh, Ukraine, to launch investigations into what Trump hoped, Trump hoped would embarrass Joe Biden. Right. I see that's what the, that's, you know, the media saying that what what now we know, like we talked about earlier, Trump knew that Joe Biden was dirty. Yeah. Trump tried to get the Ukrainians to be like, hey, you better tell the truth. You want American taxpayer money? You better cough up the truth about the fact that you're in bed with Joe Biden, a corrupt, filthy, dirty family who's taken millions of dollars from America's opponents, from the Chinese Communist Party, from Ukraine. Trump knew it. And again, just like all the other ones, right? Real crime, who do they go after? Trump. They impeached him over these made-up things. I mean, our Democrats have to be some of just the most non-intelligent people on the planet. You have to be pretty, like, blind to, to really buy into all of the nonsense about racism and Trump, all this stuff. I mean, there's just, like, zero evidence for anything the left ever says or does. What is pretty evident, though, is their hatred for America and their proclivity to lie, cheat, and commit crimes to further their their political power status. Um, Trump's effort, uh, you know, to retain power um, uh, after the January sixth attack, you know, is what is what the Democrats alleged, right? That he tried to do that, and that was, you know, the second impeachment. That was the last thing they went after him for. Um, and, uh, there was a, there was a plethora of evidence there. I mean, he was on national television telling everybody, stay peaceful, go home, don't come. And they still went after him. Yeah. Well, now the problem is, is you have Mike Pence who announced that he's running for president, uh, to counter Trump for, for inciting January 6th. It's just, I, the guy's going to win again. I think, I mean, the, yeah. he, he's the type of person that the more you tell him he can't do something, that's how he got elected in the first place. He was told the whole time that he couldn't win, and then all of a sudden he's president of the United States, and people lost their minds. Well, I think, I think, I think it's worth saying this. Look, uh, I don't know, like, whether or not you wanted Trump to run again or not, and, and I'm not talking to crazy leftists on the side. They're, they're, yeah. They've lost their mind. I'm, I'm talking to Americans, patriotic Americans. Um, whether you wanted Trump to run again or you thought he should or shouldn't, the fact is he is, and, and I'm kind of of the opinion that's like, well, look, like you kind of like owe him this last run. You know what I mean? Like maybe you wouldn't have said up front, like he should run, but since he is, why are we not backing the guy who just went, I mean, look at all the stuff we just talked about. They threw more at Donald Trump than they've thrown at any other president in U S history to try to destroy him, attack his family. Um, I mean, it's just like unbelievable the mileage they put in to tearing this guy down. And, and I don't know any other person in politics that could have withstood this, right? Uh, I think they did um, all of that. I think when you put it together, all of it combined, it did cost him. He should have probably won that last one. I mean, think about it. There is literally an Alzheimer's patient in the White House right now. The guy can't even form a, a, a straight sentence. He's a clown. 
How is how did he beat a guy like Donald Trump? I think it's a, I don't think there's one particular answer. There's a lot of different variables to that. But one of them certainly is the massive national and international effort to stop Donald Trump from, from leading the United States. And um, I don't think that's very, you know, secretive. I think that's pretty open. Um, I, I think that uh, the least we could do at this point is, is, uh, is back them because facts are facts. And I know, I know the leftists really hate facts and they have a hard time with truth and data, but the truth is the country was doing pretty awesome under Donald Trump. I mean, the economy was great. Uh, our enemies were at bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, that to me is the biggest, the biggest, uh, difference between when Trump was president and when there was a Democrat in office is the fact that North Korea wasn't moving. Russia wasn't invading the Ukraine or Ukraine. Um, and now Biden's in office and the whole world is losing its mind. Because the world doesn't have a leader. America is supposed to be the leader of the free world. And when you have tripping, stumbling, mumbling Joe Biden, I mean, we watched the press conference yesterday with the British prime minister. I was just about to bring that up. Who's like, you know, I, I don't I don't know anything about his politics. He's part of the conservative party, but I don't know anything about him. But he was a state statesman. His, his answers to the questions from the press were well thought out. And then you have Joe Biden, who's literally like, my well, name is President Joe Biden, yeah. reading off of a, of a script and calling on specific members of the press still after they caught him doing that. Well, for starters, the, the, the prime minister of uh, the UK is not uh, 167 years old. Yeah, he's like a so. young, you know, fairly good looking guy. I would, I would, you know, wouldn't hesitate to say. And uh, I know we didn't prepare anything on that on that. But since you brought it up, it's a good point. We So for those of you listening or watching, Joe Biden did a press conference in England with the UK prime minister. And a- after, you know, they they speak, they had they took questions. Right. And Joe Biden literally has like a sheet of paper and it's like, I'm going to call on this person. This is their name. And this is the question. And then even his answers, he doesn't like look up and answer the question. He reads the answer verbatim. Right. <laughs> And at the very, very end, I think it was like the last like 60 seconds. It was like a free for all where people actually did get to raise their hand. Yeah, because he was leaving. He was, he was leaving. leaving. And that's when the questions really get hard. That's when they all change. Yeah. And um, somebody asked about these, the evidence, right, about the millions of dollars he received. And he, he made a joke. He, he like smirked and he goes, show me the money. Yeah, where's the money? Show, show me the yeah. He said, "Where's the money? Where's the money?" He's like, "Nah, Josh." Yeah, it, it's in the fifty thousand dollars a month that Hunter Biden was paying you to rent his own bedroom. <laughs> he said it was a uh, malarkey. Malarkey, yes, malarkey. Show me the money. I thought it was funny because, you know, I've I've interrogated slash interviewed a lot of criminals in my career, and the way he answered to me was like. I dare you to try to find what I did. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. He, he was like laughing because he's like, okay, show me the money. Where's yeah. the money at? Right. He didn't really deny it. And then after he tried to get serious and he was like, it's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. I was like, is it? Is yeah. it though? Is it though? Because we found Hunty's laptop in New Jersey and it shows proof of exactly what they're saying. And also the FBI has a confidential informant that they're trying to stop from coming out and speaking, even though he himself approached the oversight committee to talk about it. See, to, to me, what that says, the FBI is panicking or someone at the FBI, because let's be clear, there's a lot of good people 
in these agencies, right? Agents, hardworking people going after bad guys and criminals and stuff like that. It's, it's always the bureaucracy that's the problem, right? You have people in positions of power who are compromised, who are filthy, dirty, who are too political, and they really give everyone else a bad name. It's, this, it's the same problem with Mallorca's over at, uh, at uh, you know, on the border and, and DHS. It's like you have a bunch of hardworking Americans who are trying to keep the country safe, and um, then you have Mallorca's who's a straight leftist, right? Totally incompetent at his job, doesn't even know basic questions. So I'm sure the same thing. I'm not as familiar with DOJ and FBI, um, but I'm sure it's the same thing there, right? But, but to me, all, all of this, like, no, I'm not going to show you evidence of, like, one of the greatest crimes of the, of the last century is, uh, is most likely because they're going to be involved in that somehow, right? Or how else would you explain the fact that, Prior to the election, while you were falsely investigating Trump, who ended up losing, you actually had evidence of a real crime and you covered it up. That's that's somebody's going to go to jail for it. That's right? the best way to commit a crime, right? I mean, distract people with what's going on over here so you can commit the crime over here. That's really, really scary and dangerous, right? It's uh, we, well, we we could do a whole show just on how dangerous it is that the office of the president is is compromised by none other than uh, a nation involving a major global conflict right now. And as we learned from the laptop, uh, the other one would be China, which is our, one of our greatest opponents on a, on a geopolitical and national scale when it comes to virtually everything, technology, espionage, uh, the impending issues with Taiwan here. 2025 is coming soon, guys. Um. Yeah, it's pretty wild. This is why um, it's so, so important for Americans to be involved in civics. You have to be involved in what's going on in your country um, because it's your country. There's no one coming to save you. You have to stay involved, and we need more people to run and take positions of authority and run for office. Um, and we have our own house cleaning to do. Uh, that's, you know, that's for sure, right? <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of Especially cleaning up to do in, in uh, within our own within our own party and house, but you know a primary way that you do that is you get up and you run and you get involved and you show up to meetings and you make sure that you vote. And um, I don't want to hear any more you know whining and complaining from people that don't show up and vote. You can have any excuse you want, but the truth is, um, I voted uh, you know all of the last times that I needed to here in California and I've been able to track my vote and where it landed every time. The, the, the unfortunate truth is that the vast majority of Americans don't vote at all. So if there, if there is, you know, there's, there's cheating or corruption or you know, all these different variables that affect uh, um, elections. It's like, even if all of that is true, you still have a very low percentage of a total that's showing up to even vote. So you could overcome a lot of scheming and scamming by the Democrats if you just showed up to vote. We often point out that when I ran for Congress in uh, the 49th district here in California, the percentage of people that showed up to vote was minuscule compared to the total amount of people that live there. And that's really sad. In fact, we have particular bone to pick with the churches themselves, right? The, the supposed beacons of truth, salt and light. If, if just the churches alone would have showed up to vote uh, where I ran, it would have been a landslide victory, but they didn't. They didn't by far. The vast majority of people didn't show up. So we can complain all day about, about all these people and what's going on, and, and we should, because it's corrupt and it's evil. But the truth is, all of these people are placed there 
by the often less talked about, you know, um, hall of power, which is the ability for you to elect leaders. And we choose these people because God allowed you to be born in this beautiful republic called America, and you choose who your leaders are. And you have to get involved because the moment you kick back and apathy sets in, the enemy takes more ground. Oh, believe me, Gavin Newsom would be very happy for you to continue to say, you know, like, oh, my vote doesn't count, so I'm not going to show up. He loves that. You're playing right into the Democrats' plan because if you don't show up to vote, they win, period. So we need to overwhelm them with involvement. And it's not just the big, you know, elections. You know, it's, it's school boards. It's every inch of space that allows you to govern yourself. Someone needs to be trying, and we need to be committing efforts to make that happen. That's your call to action in case you were wondering. It's very important. Well, guys, I think that's all for today. Till next week. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. See you next week. See you, guys.